0: Hello everyone and welcome to Lancaster Safety's Workplace Safety Podcast. My name is Sarge and here on the WSP, we will focus on common health and safety issues found in the workplace. We will also discuss the ins and outs of what it takes to be, as well as stay compliant with OSHA's ever-changing policies. Throughout this series, we will also be joined by a variety of health and safety professionals from across the nation to discuss various types of health and safety standards and how they could potentially apply to your workforce. everyone and welcome to Lancaster Safety's Workplace Safety Podcast. Today we are bringing you part six of our Fast Track to OSHA Compliance series, Discovering OSHA Record-Keeping and Recording. Today I'm joined by my friend Tyler Dixon. He is a safety consultant here at LSCI. Tyler, thank you for joining me today. Hi, happy to be here, Sarge. Man, thank you for coming on. I know it's been a lot we've been talking about getting you on for a while now and sarge has been uh, such a delayed uh, epidemic if you would.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: so today we're talking about obviously record keeping and recording so uh, let's let's jump into it well actually I'm sorry first I wanted to ask you how did you get into the safety industry let's learn a little bit about you and, and, and where you came from and your background please
1: uh, so I grew up working construction uh, everything from hauling blocks when I was 8 years old to you know when I was finally old enough to climb a ladder to being up doing roofs you know uh, built tons of houses uh, with my family done residential construction. And then, uh, you know, once I graduated high school, wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, went to Mm. college, and then kind of inadvertently stumbled my way into safety management go, Oh, safety would have been, you know, awesome to have when I was growing up doing all these dangerous things, right, you know, when uh, safety wasn't really a factor at all. So I was definitely very interested in that. And uh, building off of that, you know, with my background and coming in and learning all these safety tips and everything like that, uh, was definitely something
0: that really interested me. Okay. No, that's, that's wonderful. Um, you know, honestly, I, I can, um, parallel a lot of the sentiments. When I was growing up, uh, I worked for my uncle. Uh, he had a zone business that he ran. Uh, it was everything from landscaping to building decks. Uh, no matter what you need, Ron Thomas could get it done indeed. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, but that's, that's awesome. And, and Perfectly to be clear, we do not condone child labor. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, the people that uh, come from the, the blue collar knows that you know, the kids get out there, they, they work early in life, right? Yeah, that
1: was pretty much what we did. Uh, yeah, don't, don't condone that on my end either.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, But we aren't scared to get dirty. That's what we're trying to say. So let's go jump right into it. Uh, Tyler, what is record keeping? So record-keeping
1: is cataloging and tracking of any and all uh, work-related injuries or illnesses that may uh, actually occur throughout a year, you know, and um, not only is it an OSHA requirement to uh, track these, in- these uh, injuries and illnesses, but it's also a great tool for employers to utilize in terms of uh, tracking, outlining, and trying to identify certain uh, causal factors in these actual injuries and
0: illnesses. Nice, nice. No, that's... That's great. And people need to know that, that that this is very specific and it's really important uh, you know, to make sure these are maintained correctly, because if you don't do that, they can also paint you in the wrong light as far as once uh, some of these are actually submitted to OSHA when the time comes. Uh, my mm-hmm. next question for you is uh, tell me a little of uh, some of the ways you've been able to help uh, some of the clients here at Lancaster Safety as a uh, safety consultant.
1: So um, in regards uh and being a safety consultant, you know, in addition to all the services that we already provide from setting up the uh, annual trainings for employees, creating written programs, um, assisting with abatement, you know, should OSHA actually show up and issue citations. We also assist clients heavily with, you know, this record keeping and uh, the reporting aspects and, it, you know. Uh, Did you have an incident happen that you might not exactly be sure? You know, is it rec- is it rec- uh, recordable or does it actually need to be reported to OSHA? You know, we're here to offer, you know, that assistance and help clarifying some of the issues as it can kind of seem very overwhelming and confusing. But, you know, that's why we're here for our clients.
0: Excellent. Excellent. No, that's that's great. They need to know that, you know, if they have questions. There's someone they can reach out to and it's going to help them answer any questions they have, you know, because. We want to make sure that there's complete clarity as far as what needs to be reported and what doesn't need to be reported. Yeah, absolutely. So, who has to keep the injury notice laws? Who does that
1: apply to? So, that will apply to employers who uh throughout the course of a year have 11 or more employees. Doesn't matter, you know, if you're at nine employees and you hire two subs and you know they're only there for two months or whatever, if you cross that little magical number of 11 that OSHA has, mm-hmm. uh, then you'll be required to maintain these uh, 300 forms is what they're referred to as. And that's just, you know, the forms to actually catalog these uh, injuries and illnesses.
0: Awesome. No, no, that's that makes complete sense. Makes complete sense. Is record keeping pretty straightforward, would you say?
1: Record keeping can be very confusing in regards to actually what needs to be recorded versus uh, what doesn't need to be you know what kind of injury will actually constitute uh what's called a recordable injury versus you know what will not actually need to be uh recorded in that fashion so for example if an employee you know gets a small cut or scrape something that can be you know easily treated you know with some uh disinfecting uh cream anything like that and a bandage you know that's not going to need to be uh recorded however you know should that individual suffer um, a more severe injury, and they actually have to go in and get stitches. Then that's going to constitute as a recordable injury. So you know that's why we're here to help distinguish and offer you know guidance to our clients.
0: Nice, and then that, that makes perfect sense because it's almost like it borders lines, uh, you know, lost time on site, uh, mm-hmm. you know, along those lines, but not, but not quite. Um, so my next question for you is: uh, the term record keeping, reporting, are these record keeping and reporting? Are they the same thing?
1: So they're actually not the same thing, although they're uh, kind of lumped together in the umbrella term of uh, record keeping mm-hmm. uh, frequently. So record keeping is actually, like what I said earlier, tracking and um, keeping documentation of the injuries and illnesses that occur, writing them down in your 300 and your 300A logs um, for the uh, annual year mm-hmm. as an employer. Now, reporting is... will be what you actually do if you have uh, what's considered a significant incident, and that will actually be reporting those incidents to OSHA.
0: Okay. So how many record-keeping questions would you say we answer uh, per year here at Lancaster Safety?
1: I would say that uh, number's easily in the hundreds. Um, Definitely for consultants, you know, uh, depending on who their clients are, how well of a grasp they have on it uh, versus how much, you know, we kind of need to. Um, help them and assist them through that process. But, you know, it's definitely a very common uh, topic and area of concern for clients to reach out, as it can seem uh, overwhelming, like what I stated earlier. But I'd say easily hundreds of questions annually.
0: Hmm. Can you tell me about the reporting requirements for major accidents?
1: So the reporting requirements to OSHA are going to be – if you have an incident of an inpatient hospitalization, an amputation, or a loss of an eye of one of your employees, that is going mm-hmm. to need to be reported to OSHA within a 24-hour period uh, after the incident actually occurs. Additionally, and, you know, obviously we hope this never happens, but if there is ever a worker fatality, mm-hmm. then that is going to need to be reported to OSHA within an eight-hour time frame after the um, incident occurs.
0: Okay. Now that makes That's that's good to know. Mm -hmm. How is OSHA's procedures following uh, major accidents?
1: So major accidents, uh, the procedures following that, OSHA will um, likely reach out to discuss the incident, get some more details, some more information uh, regarding it. Uh, Subsequently, uh, you might receive um, document requests in the mail to see, you know, how your uh, written program, see if you're doing uh, inspections, Um, basically OSHA is checking up to see, you know, if you're doing what you need to do. Additionally or conversely, OSHA may schedule a surprise inspection at your job site, at your facility to show up, to follow up on the uh, incident. And, you know, should that happen, you know, that's another resource that LSEI is able to provide our clients in assisting you with that entire um, OSHA uh, abatement process.
0: Right. You know, we, we if, if need be, we can come out and have someone on site. Uh, We're always happy to talk to OSHA on, on your behalf. Uh, any way we can assist to kind of help resolve this matter as quickly as possible. Um, do you give me a, What's that? I'm sorry? I just said absolutely, yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, now, can you give me three things that you wish you had known before you became a safety consultant?
1: Uh, I would definitely say kind of the whole abatement process in terms of, you know, what happens when an employer actually receives citations from OSHA. Um, you know, while they kind of outline the process of what kind of to do if OSHA shows up, they don't really prep you um, in school for, you know, the situation, you know, as an employer, it can seem incredibly intimidating and daunting uh, to yeah. actually be c- cited by um, OSHA. Um, I've learned a significant amount of, you know, how to abate all the issues, how to make sure that, you know, employers are doing the most to keep their employees safe, send everybody home <laughs> as many uh, fingers and toes as they showed up with, you know, things along those lines. Um, that, in addition to, you know, just the sheer scope and knowledge uh, from our written programs, from our different trainings, um, and additionally to that, just kind of the actual scope of, the different industries, you know, from uh, milling plants to, you know, all the different forms of construction, you know, the uh, general industry clients that we have, you know, I've been able to see so many different actual um, fields of uh, work environments that's really been very advantageous to uh,
0: be able to witness. Amazing. Amazing. All right. I pretty much want to. Now, how does that, how's that related to your home life? Now, uh, you definitely going into the, industry and the safety industry there's so many things we've learned but now how does that applied to affecting you and your home life and uh what have you taken home with you as far as you know safe practices and you know along those lines
1: definitely just kind of uh, as you said you know take it home with me um in regards to you know practice what i preach you know uh, that would be you know very is that the you know to <laughs> tell somebody to maintain three points of contact you know while they're uh, going up and down a ladder, you know, don't stand on the top rung, things like that. Things that, you know, maybe we've all been guilty of, you know, at home you you're, at, you're at home, you're not thinking about it. And, but, you know, practicing those same safety techniques at work at home is vital because actually a very large amount of injuries happen, uh, at home because, you know, that's where our guard is lower. That's where we're comfortable. Um, and you're going to end up slacking a little bit. So it's very important to bring that home with you to make sure that you're practicing those. Uh, safety techniques at home as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I couldn't say it better myself. So Tyler, what's next for you? What's anything big on the horizon? What are you excited for uh, happening here in the uh, upcoming seasons?
1: Well, you know, uh, moving forward, I'm just looking forward to, you know, everybody kind of uh, hopefully resuming uh, normalcy, everything like that, everything uh, opening back up uh, and, you know, using that ability to uh, continue to further, you know, my horizons in regards Mm -hmm. to, you know, what I'm exposed to uh, in the safety field, be able to, you know, just be a sponge, absorb as much as I'm really able and continue to just improve as a safety professional in that regard.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, the word exposed to is is, um, so paramount nowadays with the whole COVID epidemic going on. Um, I've not done a podcast on that topic because, honestly, everything is always evolving and no one really has the facts together yet. So I'm kind of waiting and uh, biding my time if you would, until uh, everything's kind of, you know, smoke's cleared and we kind of have a better grasp of what's going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely something that, you know,
0: we've heard from our clients. You know, this is a very,
1: you know, odd time. You know, most of the guidelines are living documents that are actually changing quite frequently. But, you know, LSEI is doing our absolute best and uh, utmost to stay on top of those and offer those guidances to a client in New York City who has, very different requirements and guidelines than those of, say, Iowa, you know, Michigan, California, Wyoming, Absolutely. things of those needs. So, you know, uh, we're doing our utmost to stay on top of it and help everybody during this very confusing time.
0: Absolutely. And we have resorted a lot to a lot of doing because um, we do prefer to do on-site live in-person training. We feel like that's the most impactful way to get any point across as far as the message of safety. But we have re- resorted to doing a live online version of safety training in a lot of aspects when we can when it when it is possible uh to help those people that you know like you said can't get into the large groups because of all the restrictions from the, the metropolitan with whatever the, the areas they're in so we try to help them out whatever we, we can um regardless as far as the requirements and restrictions that apply to them well tyler thank you so much for joining me today uh, and i would like to thank everyone for listening today Uh, You can find us on Google if you uh, type in "Sergeant Safety Podcast," we'll pop right up. As as well as you can find us at LancasterSafety.com. Until next time, be safe. We'll see you later. Take care, everyone. Thank you for taking the time of listening today. If you have any further questions, please call Lancaster Safety at 888-403-6026, and we would be happy to help. Also, follow us on social media for more health and safety news and updates. We truly appreciate your time and hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to keep up to date with future Workplace Safety podcasts, please click the subscribe button. Thank you for your time, and hopefully you have a safe day.